This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Have you ever told your children to do something only to watch them completely ignore what they had been asked to do? When you challenge them, they contest that they listen to you. But the real test of actually listening is obeying what is said, isn't it? Well, the word hear in Hebrew, the word shema, is to listen with the intent to obey what is said. And on today's podcast, we'll consider what this meant for Israel and what it means for us today. I want you to notice with me verses 17 through 25 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Carefully observe the commands of the Lord your God, the decrees and statutes that he has commanded you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so that you may prosper, and so that you may enter and possess the good land the Lord your God swore to give your fathers, by driving out all of the enemies before you, as the Lord had said. When your only son asks in the future, what's the meaning of these decrees and statutes and ordinances that the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. Before our eyes, the Lord inflicted great and devastating signs and wonders on Egypt, on Pharaoh, and on all his household. But he brought us from there in order to lead us in and give us the land that he swore to our fathers. The Lord commanded us to follow all these statutes and to fear the Lord our God for our prosperity always and for our preservation as it is today. Righteousness will be ours if we are careful to follow every one of these commands before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Now when we come to Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses is a living legend of sorts. At his hand, God had rained down the plagues on Egypt. With his staff, he had brought forth enough water for millions to drink, not once, but twice. He'd raised that staff to part the Red Sea. He'd descended from the mountains aglow with the presence of God. He had fiercely led this people, and now, 40 years and a few weeks after he returned to Egypt, Moses comes to speak to this people. The book of Deuteronomy is said to be regarded as the most important book of the Torah, that is the first five books by the Jews, because Moses recounts for them their history, their law, and he charges them with his final words as their leader. He begins this address in a great degree with the words of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. It's important for us to go through these words slowly and consider them carefully and what they meant for their journey. Since the beginning of this study, we have seen how the Exodus wanderings in many ways mirror the life of a Christian. In one sense, those of us who have made the decision to follow Christ have been redeemed from our own slavery, the consequences of our own sin. We've been delivered and rescued from the punishment that our sin deserved by trusting in obedience of the blood of the sacrificial Passover lamb given for our salvation. We have taken all of him as our own, and we have chosen to follow him. Along the way, we've seen God be our provision. We've seen him be our protector. We've seen him be our deliverer. We've tasted of the water of life offered to us from the rock struck for us. 
We've fed on the heavenly manna that's been given to us, the bread of life. We've seen him deliver from the Red Seas in our own lives. And we've watched the Lord go before us and fight our battles. We've seen how he has forgiven us when we've attempted to raise up idols that often replace God because we're too impatient to wait on him. We've seen his glory in the mountain as we've entered into his presence. So in many ways, the Exodus story has become our story, hasn't it? We would do well then as Israelites did, as the Israelites did, to heed the words of Moses for us today. Moses tells us how to live in view of the promised land. He says, listen Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Listen, hear with the intent to obey. Since the Lord is one, we are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You have one heart, one soul, one mind, and they belong to God. And he is one, meaning love him and him alone. He is a jealous God, and you are the sole object of his affection. And he expects no less from you. The rest of this chapter is more of Moses' summations and warnings of what God had said to him. These are the final warnings of a dying man before they possessed the land that God had given them because of the promise made with their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What's striking to me is the premium that God places on two things. These two things are the priority of obedience to the commands of God and passing down the why behind the what that they are doing for their children. God promises them success, not based upon their military prowess. The next chapter says that all the seven nations are more potent than they are. It's not based on their numbers or their abilities or their military strength. Their success lies squarely in their ability to obey the commands that God has given them. It is only in obedience that they will experience the blessings. This requires a great deal of faith especially when the enemy is more potent, more powerful than you are. You have to believe that God, you have to believe God to go up against him in the ways that the children of Israel did. I think of Joshua and the battle of Jericho. It took incredible faith to trust God's instructions, even though they looked like fools in doing so. God was going to bring this nation into the land because of the promise that he had made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And because he is a just God that keeps his promises. You see, what was at stake here was their involvement in that plan. Their parents had not had the faith it took to be obedient to God's promises. They forfeited the right to be a part of that plan. So God prolonged it until a generation could be raised up that would. Now they stand on the banks of the promised land. And God charges them again with obedience to these words as the war cry of victory. Then he charges them with telling them the meaning of why they were doing these things. It was to be obedient to God's command and because of what he had done for them. If he had been faithful to them in the past, and he is a God that never changes, then he will be devoted to complete his promises to the generation that is faithful in obeying him. Now, like the children of Israel, God hasn't changed his mind about obedience. He means to bless us because of the promises made to our elder brother, Jesus Christ. God made a covenant of grace that we will receive a blessing if we choose to obey his commands. 
And if we disobey, we're still his children that he loves and that he has set his heart upon. But we will forfeit the right to be a part of his blessing to the generation who obeys him. As it was then, so it is now. This requires a great deal of faith, especially to do things that seem counterintuitive to what God would have for us to do. To live in such a way requires that we choose to obey God's commands and God's laws and that they will bring the blessing of God, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it brings the ire of the people. We cannot be dismayed by this. We have to choose to walk in faith and obey the promises of God. Then we have to be intentional about discipling our children in these ways. This is the heart and soul of discipleship. It's obeying God's word. For this is where success is found. Remember, even in the Great Commission, where Jesus says, I commanded you to go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. We have not really successfully implemented discipleship until the people that we are teaching know how to observe or to obey the things that God has called us to. This obedience is the end of discipleship. And we need to be intentional about teaching our children to do this by communicating what God has already done for us, what he will do for those who have the faith to obey him. This is what God asks of us as parents. We have a responsibility to do this first at home. Even in these verses, it says that we are to repeat these things to our children, to talk about them when we sit in our house and when we walk along the road, when we lie down and when we wake up. The things that should be on our lips are the things of God and God's expectation of us to have faith in him and that faith to be proved by our obedience. So Jesus, today, help us to be quick to obey your word. Give us the faith to believe your promises and help us to pass this on to our children. Raise up a heart of obedience to your word in them so that they can be the generation that receives the blessing of obedience through faith. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.